All right, here we go, everybody. Counting down in five, four, three, two, and one. Miss Gabriella Eva. Hello. Welcome to Cam Talks. Thanks. Thank you very much for coming. Mm, thanks for inviting me. No, it's actually an absolute pleasure to have someone with actual a little bit of real talent on our show um, because, you know, we've only met very recently, right? Yeah. Um, maybe a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think it was the, the the trailer for Dreamers, the web series. Was that the first time we met or did we meet at a party or something? Party before that. Was it party before yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's amazing because <laughs> you never really find out a lot about people when you first meet them. You know, it's only when you go and follow them online and you start to see, oh, wait, Gabby is a musician. Whoa. She's a songwriter, whoa! And so I was being a little bit blown away from your, your recent work, and this is what I really want to kind of get into, but just for the sake of my lovely listeners, mostly friends and family, please give us a very quick introduction um, of who you are and, uh, yeah, what you stand for. Okay, um, my name's Gabriella Eva, as you said, um, and I'm an artist, a visual artist and a sound artist, um, and I write songs. I like to regurgitate what's happening in the news and around us and connect with people through my music. Interesting. And how hmm. long have you been playing music for exactly? Since I was like four. Wow. Hmm. What were you doing at four? Like, just like spoons? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the, I, there was like a little plastic drum kit I had next to my dad's drum kit. Oh, so your dad's a drummer? Yeah, my dad's a drummer. Um, and a jazz flautist. A jazz flute player. Oh, a flutist. Mm. Okay. Do they have flutists in jazz? In jazz? Oh, God, you talked to the wrong guy. <laughs> not the, you know, I went to my first gig, like, not a long time ago. Like, mm. you know, took me to that, and I was a bit like, oh, this is... Was that your first music. gig? Uh, so, I, I went, saw sort of Beyonce once. Um, that must have been amazing. It was great. I mean, uh, I, I went with my ex-girlfriend, and uh, the best thing about seeing Beyonce, of course, mm. is that they're all sort of, you know, short women. Like, all good women. like mm. I'm, I'm a guy, so I'm a little, a little bit taller. Mm. So I saw everything, <laughs> you know, but all of these the crowds around me were just kind of like tip on their tiptoes trying to see stuff. I was like, oh, she's right there. <laughs> I, I see this. It was a gig, but at the same time, it wasn't intimate. You know, it yeah. wasn't, I'd never seen, there was a performance. It was mm. a massive performance, big LEDs and all the stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So when I went to Spiritual Bar mm -hmm. uh, in Camden with Nina, and I'm like right here to the artist, and they're playing their own songs. Suddenly, I was just like mesmerized. I must have looked really weird because I was just so in awe of, mm. of what they were doing to me. They were just like moving my emotions in ways I just couldn't comprehend, really. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I did, you know, my, my dad's a folk singer. I grew up around, um, you know, my dad singing all the time. So I guess that's gigging. But yeah, yeah. Well, this is your guitar, isn't it? Uh, this is Nina's guitar. Oh, this, this is Nina's. Nina's guitar. Oh, okay. My guitar has been uh, put in the loft because, uh, yeah. Collecting dust. Long story short, when my brother-in-law, mm. uh, who I love to pieces, Mr. Dan McHale, he's an amazing. Good name, uh, strong name. Yeah, very strong name. He's a fantastic singer. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly cover songs, mm. uh, but he plays like gigs and weddings and stuff like that. But the moment, he actually... Uh, moved me into my first uni halls hmm. so I was like 18 and I'm like who the hell's this guy uh, and he plays a guitar and I'm like shit I'm <laughs> put this guitar away now but you know it's amazing to see that you can have music in your family you can have music in your, your, your bones but mm. sometimes it just doesn't doesn't resonate with you yeah what yeah. was it that that kind of got you going with this your dad was a drummer but you know um 
So I was really young. So I was four then. Um, that's that's really young. That is really young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I just kind of remember singing into leaks to like the Spice Girls and stuff in the kitchen when I was like five and six or whatever. Which Spice Girl were you? Uh, I always wanted to be Scary Spice, but in school they made me be Posh Spice, and I never wanted to be racist, Posh Spice. Though. I know. So <laughs> racist. Put together, like the and at the time was probably the most multicultural pop band. Yeah. Like, token black woman. Yeah, yeah. Token ginger woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the crazy one. It's amazing how they did that, right? M- marketing, though, right? I guess. Yeah. And I now like we to have put things mix, in boxes. You know, which is getting even more. I, yeah, yeah, don't know much about Little Mix, though, to be fair. Oh, they're just the same <laughs> as every other major pop band, right? You just produce them, like, you line them all up in, like, a, a prison-style mugshot, and you're like, you, 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 great, great music, package it together, mm-hmm. sell millions of, of... Well, what do you even sell these days? If it's not CDs, CDs are long gone. Streams. Streaming, isn't it? Mm. Streaming. It's amazing how the industry is just kind of evolved. A lot of people are buying vinyl, but don't even have vinyl players. Like when I try and sell my CDs at gigs, people are really scared of them. They're like, we don't have CD players anymore. No. But like, there's there's so much like beautiful artwork on there. Like it's a lovely artifact and it's just as beautiful as the vinyl guys. I don't have vinyl yet. You don't have vinyl no, yet? no, but it's like just as beautiful as, as the mm. vinyl. It'll become a relic. It kind of is a relic now, so. What's the, uh, I mean, the hardest thing about selling your work at gigs? Because obviously I know that traditionally it's, it's quite a good place to sell it, right? People mm-hmm. listen to you, mm-hmm. then you can kind of go and sell, what, C- I mean, because CDs, I wouldn't, I don't have a CD player. Mm-hmm. I don't have any Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, I remember one point, I think it was Hadouken, do you remember Hadouken? Yeah, uh, actually, I do kind of remember. with an album on a USB Oh really? Oh, this is so amazing, man. Yeah. Of course, now I don't use USBs. Mm. So I'm like, how are artists supposed to get their music sold uh, directly after a gig? Um, a lot of sweet talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, if people come up and have a chat with me afterwards and and really like what I do, then um, I should talk to them about the CD and and then I just kind of talk them through the photos, or because I have a photo designed for each song and there's like a lot of meaning into it and I, I would have made a dress as well um i should have bought one actually for you i'm sorry yeah what a dress <laughs> a, a dress. cd, a CD. No, yeah absolutely. i should well, have bought I mean, one for like, you i'm sorry N- next time next time you i'll see you next week or something anyway probably mm-hmm. uh, but is this a big thing now you know like uh not only are you i mean you as a product mm. being an amazing talented musician you've now got to market yourself just as hard as you've ever had to build your product? I mean, I've I've just gained a manager actually recently, so we're talking a lot about this at the moment, and nowadays people see you before they hear you um, because of clicking and the internet and phones and everything. Social stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my sound is so eclectic, but my visuals are kind of quite consistent, so um, I'm kind of bringing up the question at the moment, maybe it's okay to like glide through genres but have a consistent image maybe that will be enough for people to hold on to i don't know it's interesting because i i think that traditionally it's been a lot easier to say okay what are the visuals to this song to this album to to me Mm -hmm. whereas i think showing up every single day on people's scrolling schedules has now become such a mammoth job Mm -hmm. that if you're spending x amount of time making the visuals it's really tough to keep 
keep that kind of consistency mm -hmm. with just stories and just stuff. Yeah. Um, but your recent work, um, you know, your new single, Hey, <laughs> which I'm really excited for you to play for us today. Yeah. Um, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened on this show. Uh, honestly, I've been trying to get people to do something good and you finally brought something good with you. Um, but I saw the music video to this mm. and I thought it was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Uh, how did you go about kind of conceptualising that? Because it seems like a really basic kind of, you know, from a filmmaker's point of view, mm -hmm. really basic, mm. but you were able to kind of create visual art with the dancers and with uh -huh. yourself so I mean what was your process behind making that video um so I'm in love with long shots and one takes I just find them really mesmerizing mm -hmm. love it. and um yeah like it just grabs you by the balls when you're watching it you know you can't take your eyes off of it something really intriguing about it so I decided that's what I wanted to do I wanted to do a one take um I haven't danced since I was like I don't know like a while ago. Um, so I wanted to kind of bring that aspect into it. It took like maybe a couple months to to find the right people first, especially on like a very small budget. And um, yeah, so just found the right dancers, a couple of people pulled out, um, makeup artists pulled out, a couple of makeup artists. Uh, it, yeah, so it takes a long time. Budget, you know, real money jobs come in and these mm. people have to unfortunately sometimes sometimes do that but the way that it was shot looks like it took five minutes <laughs> i mean way, yeah because of the one take you know, it's, it's meant to look easy right? it's meant to look breezy like that's the whole idea behind it it's meant to look like it's effortless how many takes did you do on the we day? only got full two takes wow so we only had two to choose from wow. because on the day like i added my tassels in my hair and i added like some earrings and high heels that we didn't practice in and like they're very minor details but when you're doing an outfit change with these things, it's, you know, it changes a lot. So, um, and also one of the dancers had like extra long nails on, so she couldn't like unzip one of the back of my wow. outfits. There's so many little things that go yeah. on, especially in the one take. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, what was the most inspirational one take of you've ever seen? Uh, uh, Victoria, the yeah, film. We about yeah, film. yeah. What a mad film. What Blows my mind. Hour and a half. Completely. It's like theatre, isn't it? It's like theatre, yeah. yeah. And it's just that one take. You can't even close your eyes. I know, I know. they magically do like a cut. Mm. You know, so I mean, that's interesting because that had a, I mean, it had a fair enough amount of money. It's still an independent. Mm. Um, but the expertise involved in that was tremendous. You know, mm -hmm. the people were very experienced. I believe they shot it twice or three times or something, like, because they couldn't afford. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember saying. And I think uh, the real success of that mm. lies within the production team, you know, being able to, you know, make the right beats happen, mm -hmm. you know, make people go the right way. But you're doing a one take without any kind of, <laughs> you know, any of those resources. So, mm. I mean, like, did you block it out? Did you dance it first, rehearse it? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we had maybe, like, four or five rehearsals. Um, obviously, we had to replace a dancer as well, and that when we had to replace some moves because of, like, painting and... Um, the other ladies like creativity and stuff um which wasn't an issue but like um what was the question again so i mean essentially the complexities of a one taker mm. are really hard mm. and so how did you kind of uh you know manage the i mean did you fail a lot was there was there a couple of takes where you just went, oh yeah Shit, oh I yeah just fucked it up, oh man. yeah so <laughs> so um because i was producing directing and performing 
um I, I had so much to think about that I actually forgot like the dress that I was wearing to take there so luckily I had Paolo um my boyfriend came on set and then another friend um they whipped back to get a dress so we were running through anyway just the movement with the camera guy because he hadn't gone through like the footwork and where he was going and you know this was twilight this just before twilight like the golden hour so we were losing light as well and it was like really intense um and then they came back with the wrong bag oh, <laughs> so they had to go back again um and then yeah so we we tried like maybe three or four times i think and the, the outfit change kept getting stuck and the makeup artist had to come in. So when it zooms into my face a little bit, I have a makeup artist underneath me putting on a belt. Oh no, before that, um, I have a, my, a dancer taking off my clothes, my dress, another dancer being given the top I'm wearing in the right way. So when she gives it to me, I can put it on correctly. Everything like down to the way it was folded and held had to be you know, precise, Absolutely. otherwise you can like put everything on. The time limit of, of not only the, the sunlight, which mm. means you have to kind of get it on these next takes, but then the, the song, mm. you, you know, you can't stumble around, you've got to get to that next point in the song. Yeah. I mean, so how long is the song in total? I think it was like three minutes, something. Three minutes. So, yeah. I mean, that must three be days. An incredibly tense three minutes. Mm. Uh, you could never tell, you know, when you see the video, it's like, it looks absolutely pristine in mm. terms of, and what I liked about the video actually was that it was, it looked like it was shot on a you know, school rugby pitch. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But that's the best thing about it because then mm. your eyes don't look at the background. Exactly, anymore. that was that was, was my idea behind it, yeah. Because the, the outfits are so beautiful. Loom Loop mm. um, is a new designer I'm working with in Hong Kong and she sent me um, her collection. And um, yeah, the idea was just to have that outfit pop and then you just, like, your eyes would be focused on that rather than the background. There's actually the full moon as well. Uh, right at the beginning, it's it's a little bit fuzzy, but yeah, you can see the full moon at the beginning too. So your team, the people mm. that you're kind of working with, I mean, they're not all based in London, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, um, so the the song that was recorded with Riverfish Records, they're based in Cornwall. Mm. You went to Cornwall. Uh, to to shoot. That's uh, really um, sorry, I went to Cornwall to write to write and record. Wow, so you wrote mm. Hey whilst looking at the Cornish coast? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I wrote it in, in my mum's living room and then I went down there, rejiggled some things around and then recorded it, yeah. What's the, uh, you know, the song about? It's about um, turning a bad day into a good day. <laughs> you know, quite simple. Um, but, you know, it kind of brings up the question of, like, do we have time for each other in the modern day? And you know, like all that kind of stuff. So, is, is that kind of what inspires you to write a song, or do you? I mean, I couldn't write a song to save my life, but I imagine it's similar to why I want to make movies because mm -hmm. I want to say something that I believe is relevant right now. Right yeah, here. yeah. Is, was that kind of is that your formula behind every song that you want to encapsulate uh, time? Um, sometimes I, it's all, it's always quite different. I think reflecting the times, as Nina Simone said, is is something you know that that does inspire me you know what's happening around us and also watching document i wrote a song about the egyptian revolution um which one what the most recent one uh the one in, like uh 2000 and something right, yeah, yeah. 
Is that the most? How many yeah. were there? Yeah, no, I, when you said Egyptian, I thought Tutankhamun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. But, the, the, the but maybe yeah, that's the, the next one. In, uh, in Egypt. What, what, and what kind of captivated you about that being documentary you watched? Yeah. Um, uh, what was it called? It's called The Square on Netflix. Mm. And just like i don't know how messed up the government were and the way they acted towards their people was just really scary um and the amount of people that came to their streets that stood up for their com country was just just blew me away and just you know rem made me realize like how comfortable we're kept in the uk you know just keep feeding and just keep it. i don't think we'd ever get on the streets even if it hurts well, well i mean recently you know people have been doing a lot for extinction rebellion which has been incredible yeah, like yeah. M so many people have come to the streets for that like even old people um like mums and their babies they they've had like um kind of like uh genres of people coming at particular times like throughout if that makes sense yeah no i mean all, i love a good protest mm. uh, i used to be a bit of an activist myself i used mm. to record um, a lot of the uh during the refugee crisis uh, a number of years ago now, there's a lot of protests about the way that we were not dealing with the situation. Mm. Um, and I remember vividly filming these protests in Manchester, but just in deep in my mind, I kept thinking, it's just not enough. Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking, because even the Iraq war, when mm. they protested, I think there was the, the largest turnout. In yeah, yeah, it was. It was just ignored. Yeah. Which is why I like Extinction Rebellion, actually, because it's like, you could ignore it once, they keep coming back. They keep coming. You keep coming uh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Have to do something about this. Yeah, so yeah. That's why I like uh, these pressure groups because they really do kind of make a change. But mm. you take a lot of uh, ex you know, your inspiration comes from reality. Yeah. And you live in London, the most multicultural place in the world. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously getting a lot of influences and stuff like that. So mm. who is it that makes up your kind of team, your core team of people? Um, all of the, the the musical stuff. Are you kind of like in charge of all of it or do you have some other um, so um, uh, Riverfish Records uh, Vicky um, who does like all the admin side of things and organising she's been um, advisory advisory managing me for, for a while so I've been talking to her on the phone about most of the things I've been doing or decisions I'm going to make and she's just been giving me advice and what she thinks is the best way to go and Nina as well she's helped me a lot she got me my first gig at Ronnie Scott's actually really? yeah That's last sick. year and um, that was like the highlight of my and career Ronnie at Scott's, the time that's a very well-known uh, jazz bar yeah yeah, yeah. In, in London um, Amy Winehouse maybe in the UK there. actually you yeah know? it's massive mm. right how did you feel playing on stage you know which has also been shared by many greats yeah it was um, it, it, it was upstairs rather than downstairs but it was you know still incredible yeah, I, the sound was great you know I could hear myself for the first time in London <laughs> because like a lot of um, bars you play in London the sound doesn't always great on stage so yeah it was nice to be able to hear myself <laughs> and of course um yeah all of this is is surrounding your i mean is is hey the single is that part of a, a bigger ep or part of an album oh it's just a one-off single really just a one -off single. yeah um at the moment just um yeah just testing things and seeing the reactions to people and just yeah, and yeah. You've got a very good reaction what's mm. your second song going to be called your yo <laughs> yo hey, sup yo, sup dog my, my <laughs> Yes. That's a marketing genius right there, if I've ever heard it. Make there a whole album just like that. Well, look, I really want to, um, <laughs> you know, it's weird because I have a CD and, like, you know, usually, like, you know, radio show people would be like, oh, here's the latest CD, you know, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on to, uh, 
on to how do I spell your name? G A B R I I E E E L A one L one L okay Eva because you know it's important that you know people can go and and check out your work. That's a very lovely picture. Very lovely picture of you. Good one. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the very lovely Gabriella Eva, and yeah. I'd ask you to sign my phone. Oh. But that's. You wouldn't do that. God damn it! We need the old days. What we about need... the desk? Well, you could sign the desk. Oh my god. You could. You could have everyone leave idea. like a little message after yeah, they've wait, had a thing uh, with you. Let me. Let me get my. Old is this MDF, by the way? This is MDF. Yeah. yeah. I, I realised that the whole room is made of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Please sign my desk. Oh, thank what you. A fucking brilliant idea. Why did I not do that before? It's okay. Uh, anywhere. Pick anywhere. This is such a good idea. Sorry to all of the past guests. I don't want to get in the way of everyone. Uh, no, no, it's all right. Uh, all the past guests, you have to now come back onto the show because we have now started this new thing where you sign the table. What a fantastic idea. See, this is why I bring creatives onto the show um, because, yeah, as you're about to find out, Gabriella Eva has some fantastic uh, vocal chords to her and uh, an awesome song called Hey. So we're going to um, we're going to ask Gabby to now uh, get her guitar out, and you lovely listeners at home get a very uh, exclusive. Oh, watch yourself. Oh, uh, exclusive. <laughs> uh, you took the TV over then. Exclusive. Uh, I won't even say preview anymore because the song is is out there. But if you like her music, go check it out on Spotify and and all the other places that you can do. Checking out this, this bit of work. So, Gabriella, give us some hay. No, nice socks, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's right, that's right. Here we go. <laughs> At some point, I might be humming, and if I do, I'm sorry. I'm can you hear it okay? We can hear it loud and clear, everybody. Well, it seems hard to be able to break We're only human Oh, forgot what we're in this sake And you, whoo, 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 you opened up my mind Then you fell inside Can I start again? I sang the lyrics wrong, sorry. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's absolutely fine, you know, because I have also got a bit of a problem with lyrics. But more importantly, I've just started recording this uh, live for the old Instagram audiences. So we're going to actually do a bit of a, a bit of a live one now. Okay. How's this? Gabrielle Eva, you're now live on the Insta Spam for everyone. It seems hard to be able to break. We're only human. Oh, forgot what we're in this sake. And you, who, who, who? I thought I saw you again. I met you through a friend. Thought things would turn out in the end. I said, hey, today is not my day. I feel like running away I can't remember the last time Someone asked if I was okay No, 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 bending over backwards Can you crack a smile only for a little while? Ha, ha I said, hey, I said, hey 
Well, it seems we're building art to make an unbreakable heart. You are the missing counterpart. And you, who, 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 you opened up my mind. Then you fell inside my conscience. You're trying to justify. I said, Hey, today is not my day. I feel like running away. I can't remember the last time someone asked if I was okay. No, 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 bending over backwards. Can you crack a smile only for a little while? Ha, ha. I said, hey, I said, hey. Why don't you keep on calling? I want you bad. Why don't you keep on calling? I want you bad. Why don't you keep on calling? I want you bad. Why don't you keep on calling? I want you bad. Well, it seems, give us a click count, things that come my way. I feel like hugging the day. Mm -mm. I like to remember the good times. Oh, I keep it on replay. No, 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 bending over backwards. Can you crack a smile only for a little while? I said, hey, I said, hey, yeah. That you why I yet there, 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 that you why I yet there. There you go, Miss Gabriella Eva, everybody, and the new single Hey. 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 Hey, yeah. God, that makes me move, man. I'm really, it's lovely to actually hear a song that actually makes me want to be happy. Oh, that's so nice. Because yeah. I like, I always naturally write really negatively. You write negatively. Yeah. Wow. And, and I have to that. have to twist it into a positive what sometimes. Out there on the <laughs> I love yeah. it. So listen, um, this song obviously comes from uh, you know wanting to spread positivity into the world. Mm. I think you've definitely done that. Um, yes. Just where did the word hey come from? Hey, we use it in every day, don't we? But actually, you know what? Do you mind if I Google this? Actually, yeah, of course you can. Because um, hey, 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 slang, isn't it? Hey, is slang. I, I always think of hey, DW. Hey, DW. Hey, Arthur. Hey, Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, it's I think it was one of the Bob Marley brothers that wrote that theme tune. Uh, yeah, Dave is that Marley, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the, sons, the first it? things that taught me my norms and values. Mm. Was a weird-looking character who, who kind of just pissed out of his sister. That was me and my sister's relationship, basically. I hated her because the cartoon told me to. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about. Um. Oh, okay. Would you mind googling? Yeah, sure. What are we googling? Here you go. Here you go. I I just want to find that. Hang on. It's okay. I can do it. Hey. Definition of hey. Mm. Let's see what hey means. Hey is an explanatory term used <laughs> to attract attention, to express surprise, interest, or annoyance, or to elicit agreement. But it's definitely slang, there, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe hey, not. Hello. How is it are me you? you're looking for? That's it. Oh, 
god. Uh, but this is it. Oh god. You must have so much, um, you know, time to be able to sit down and come up with with all of these lyrics. And because this is the point, is that like, I'm not a musician at all, but I like to consider myself a bit of a poet. <laughs> so I have a few poems. And I, and Can you I, recite me one? But you know what? I can't. They're they're literally about ten pages long, and uh, they talk about some serious shit. Okay. Uh, which is, you know. Actually, why I love hearing a song because it comes from somewhere genuine, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like an itch you have to scratch. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't, it's like, ah, what's the point in like living here? Yeah, uh, completely. You know, so, what what are the the, the verses about? Because obviously, yeah, when you're in a good song, you kind of just you're feeling an emotion, but you don't quite understand what the artist intended. Okay. Um, well, it seems hearts are built to break. We're only human. Oh, for goodness' sake, and you. I thought I saw you again. I met you through a friend. And, oh God. <laughs> it's weird talking about yeah, it. It's kind of harder. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> um, so the first verse is kind of about, you know, not being so fucking hard on yourself yeah. and remembering that you're human and we're not robotic and we do make mistakes and, and like that is okay. And sometimes things don't work out and, you know, we just got to move on That's to the next right. thing, you know. Right. Mm, just got to keep going. I love it. And, and this is the thing. Like, I can't wait to see you progress even more and more because you're talking about things that are really true in this world. And I think we, we touched on it very briefly, but, you know, the whole Extinction Rebellion movement yeah. is, is more than, than what I believe the past, the movements of the past have been about. It's mm -hmm. come at the perfect time for humanity to kind of like stand up and start making a change. Mm -hmm. So are you looking for, you know, some kind of audience similar to those you write about or do you, who do you write for? Oh, I, it's, it's an, in, it's a hard one to actually answer. Like Look, I, I, know you I write, things, like, you, know. you know, I, I write cause I kind of have to as well. Like it's a, it's a release um, for, for myself. Uh, you know, I'm always writing lyrics down and also I get like a thousand ideas a day in all different types of medias of things to do. You know, one, one a couple of ideas will be good, you know, and I'll, and I'll put that in my back pocket. But, you know, I, when I might write a verse, like first verses always go really well. Second verses, I might have to write three to five, six times maybe. Um, and whenever you write things the way you had it in your head, you have to reword it when it's down to make sure it communicates properly to people. Mm. Um, I used to, I still do write quite poetically, but I'm more realistic, more so now than I was before. Um, Sounds like you got lazy, Gabby. <laughs> it's like, you're like, you know what? I just need to use one word now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, people say to write hit songs, apparently there's this formula. I think it's like 27 lyrics or something in a song. So, I, th obviously, there's there's Not more to it than that. No. Gone are those days, though. Gone are those days. Oh, I get it. Cause are they, are they gone? Are they know. gone? I mean, like, it's breaking the mold, isn't it? Mm. Like that and Kate Bush, you know, like... Her this hits is the problem, right, is that today there's so many different uh, artists. I mean, the access to music is mm. far beyond what we've ever had in the past. And so it's not a surprise that the, you know, the David Bowie's and Elvis Presley's are just aren't existing today because we can't galvanise an entire, like, 
global world through one person's music anymore. Mm -hmm. do, do you think that there it's become harder for artists to actually find you know, their audiences. Uh, yeah. And in, 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 in a way, in, in a way, I think it, uh, um, so it's like, yeah, like there is so, there's so many people and there's so much out there um, that it kind of dilutes everything. But I, I, I think it just takes a long time to curate things. I, I think that's pretty so much it. It just, just takes longer now. But obviously the, the natural steps for any um, traditional rock and roll or whoever they were was, you know, you kind of have a, a good a good song, the mm. label signs you, you work with the, the label, the label help, you know, let's say they own all of your first albums or whatever, they have an invested interest mm -hmm. to make that global because it's tied to their, their bottom line. Mm. Nowadays, global, uh, labels seem like they're taking a much more different role. It doesn't seem as if they're that bothered about the marketing anymore because they kind of represent so many people mm -hmm. that they have to just throw it against the wall and see which one sticks, which yeah. is a problem because it leaves a lot of that marketing effort on the artist's head. Yeah. And they're not they're not marketing people. I think it's like twenty or maybe less than twenty percent of um a particular label, not Sony, uh Universal, uh actually make their money back it might even be lower than 20 percent, maybe like five percent or it something makes crazy sense. it makes no sense i mean i was at a caa uh, and that's with money and that's with money back behind these artists as exactly. well you yeah, know yeah i mean i think that the record industry is screwed mm. I, I really do think that the i mean most industries who have been heavyweights been giants in the heyday and they've set up a business model that they want to continue and, and they want to conserve that business model mm. they're gonna have to change you know, oh yeah, change. it's breaking molds, isn't it? Like okay. I'm, I'm all about that. Like all about challenging the mainstream and um, making people question things and trying things differently. Breaking molds. I, I, I that's kind. I totally time. live, live for that. You have the opportunity now to mm. avoid the stereotypical traditional route to market, mm. and you know, just but do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really do. I think DIY. That, you know, DIY. I think that. That's much better for you as an artist to learn how to do your marketing, do mm -hmm. it all yourself. Because when a label come and they say, okay, we're going to own all this music, you're going to say, well, and what are you going to do exactly? Mm. You know, when they sit there and they tell you, oh, we're going to help you produce it, you're like, mm. I don't need help producing it. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to make sure they get played. This is kind of, this is kind of where I'm at at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I kind of, I'm challenging this whole team that I'm starting to work with. Um, in a good way. I mean, I'm learning a lot as well, and it's opening my eyes to a lot of things because, yes, the DIY thing um, makes you more savvy and understand what you're doing more. And but then it also can make you really tired from the creative process, and you can kind of like lose your way of of your path and and what product you're you're trying to sell at the end of the day. I completely feel that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a filmmaker and I haven't made a film in about seven years. Yeah. Um, because I've been so involved in marketing um, mm -hmm. and having to learn something because I know it's going to be beneficial for me. Yeah. There's a, a creative part of me, that creative demon, who's just not even, I mean, he's there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, always, but just doesn't want to participate anymore. Uh -huh. so it's like fuck. Like, 
you're not you, you're shooting down your own ideas so quickly because you actually understand. It's like you know when 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 you're a kid and you see grown-ups and it's like and it's like oh why are grown-ups not having fun anymore? It's like why are they why don't they want to come and play with me? It's like their souls been dampened in a way because Ooh, like you that know creative, that inner creative just Yeah, yeah. Wow. So so balance is really really important and really hard to find but having a team um of whoever it is whether it's parts of family or friends or you know just taking a little bit of the load out is is really good and trying to balance your day with fitting in like a, a couple of hours writing if you can or whatever. I mean I say this like I'm doing this but you know I still need to do that for myself a lot. But it's tough because ultimately it's like okay not only do we want you to make amazing music mm. but now we need you to go and manage your entire brand and that is already you know just such a massive ask and I think this is why a lot of artists would prefer to go off and spend six to twelve months making something mm. and then starting all that process but the reality is it takes a whole lot longer to grow an audience. Mm-hmm. So you should be starting everything from day one. And then mm-hmm. suddenly, as an artist, you're, you're just conflicted mm-hmm. by, but I haven't finished a song, and I've, what, I've got to post a story? I've yeah, to, yeah. You're like, fuck, what, what do I do anymore? You know, and I think maybe the next generation will find this a lot easier because they've grown up with this in their hand all the time. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like we yeah yeah i i do know what you mean but then the it, are they called millennials like the no, kids like that are we Jesus, i thought millennials so are well if you were born in so shit, in like, the noughties right yeah, i think they're now like gen y why the fuck do they exist that's that's <laughs> honestly like i think it goes like yeah gen y and then gen z or what's ge- oh generation all right okay i have no idea gabby <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I feel i feel i used to talk about millennials all the time until i realized i was yeah <laughs> okay i didn't okay uh, so i'm yeah. millennial yeah okay. yeah, yeah. So i that, like the next generation are literally gonna be okay. so much more savvy it's a good song title i'm gonna write that down mm. millennials millennials just millennials yeah men's, men's because I think that we're probably the first generation that could really appreciate the fact that we don't have to listen to our parents anymore and our parents are forever trying to to get us to listen to them like their parents did um, but we've got so much more access to everything I, I want to come back to your question about uh, Millennials and growing up in with technology yes. because I think um, I I think it really can the, these things really condition you, you know. I like I have to be you careful. The 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 scrolling, the scrolling, you know, and like being in front of screens all the time, is really just disconnecting in families and like the way you're brought up. Like you know, kids, it's like oh, kids crying here, just play with my phone. You know, shut up, play with my phone. It does, and that's the <laughs> that's the thing. But then they become addicted to that really early. Yeah. Um, you know, we all actually have an addiction to screens, whether we like, like it or not. You're even watching this now, you are exactly. addicted. Um, so yeah, I mean, does that mess with the pre- the creative process of having the playful freedom to explore what you're good at when you're younger or to then discover interests in what you could fall into later on in life? like? It's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, it's, it's good and bad. Mm. Kids get... Depends on the parents, I guess. Depends on the parenting. Yeah, but, you know, I think this is the point, is that the moment these smartphones 
connected the world, it meant that you almost had a new parent. Like Google is pretty much Google's my god. Yeah, like Google literally. Yeah. And there's no point in blaming your parents anymore for not equipping you with certain aspects because you've got to learn it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think this is it. Maybe we're the first generation that have had to take responsibility has it's all forcefully of, uh, had to take responsibility mm -hmm. because we can see mm -hmm. everyone else taking responsibility for themselves and you know, for everything. I mm. think this is it's a good time to live in, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think all the main companies that are not changing their ways within production with plastic and stuff need to take a look at yourself. Take a look at yourself. <laughs> you big old plastic <laughs> consumers. But what is this about? Because, uh, you know, ultimately the problem with, you know, being sustainable is mm. that it costs, costs money, it costs extra money. And extra money on a company where they don't necessarily need it mm -hmm. is a problem. I, st I still find it amazing that even like super noodles and stuff, they're not recyclable. Like the packets, you're like, you're super noodles. Like surely everyone eats super noodles. So where's the, you know, why are you not changing your packaging? Your recycling isn't real anyway. Like the recycle, it doesn't get recycled. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. It's all a lie, babe. Hey, listen, I it, it, it all gets it all gets so. put in, you know, landmines and stuff in India same, and same yeah, like they all just like other countries buy it and then just put it into landmines. That's terrible. Isn't it, it is terrible. But terrible. but I did find some vinyl that that has um, reused or recycled plastic from beach combing. Interesting. Which is really cool. So yeah, if I yeah. was gonna do records and stuff, I'd definitely do like recycling. Well, it takes time. Everything takes time. Mm. And, uh, and this is why the pressure groups like Extinction Rebellion are fantastic because they're not going away. Mm. You know, which means that every time a policymaker is sat there wondering whether or not to sign a deal with a company that's going to ship off the recycling and bury it somewhere in China, mm. it's going to stop them from from thinking about these things because actually they believe that the world doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we just need time. You know, because you can't have... I don't believe in revolutions, ever. Mm. I don't think any revolution has ever worked. I believe in evolution. I think that if you want something to change, mm. you have to drip feed this narrative, this idea, again and again and again, which, thankfully, because of modern communications, is becoming mm. a lot quicker. Now, that's good and bad. It means that a lot of people are suddenly... All, I mean, look, here, no one has milk. No one has, like, normal milk. Yeah. It's all, it's all different uh, It's progressive. Milk. It's good. Well, look... Everyone here believes that. Mm. But if you go <clears throat> 10 miles this way, mm. you're going to have whole households that, that haven't heard of coconut milk or almond milk. Yeah, it's but true. But suddenly we know that it's going to take us a long time. Mm. And because we all suddenly think it, mm. and they don't, we've got even more division, even more subcultures, even more like trains. And this is why I actually sympathise with politicians. How hard is it to be a generalist? Mm -hmm. you, know, you know that if you started trying to please everyone, not only would you feel shit, but no one's actually going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And yet we expect politicians to do the same. Mm. Maybe we just make a song for politicians. You know, make them happy. Make them happy. Make them happy. Make them <laughs> realise that changing is okay. And, but I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an unwinnable cause at the moment because mm. the structures we have in place are just not geared up for this. I think Sainsbury's has actually just eliminated their, um, their packet, the, you know, the little, when you go to the... Check vegetable out. section oh, you mm. can get those little plastic things to, to stop that. 
Dude, yeah, they they do have paper bags uh, there, but it's just for like the mushrooms, and everything else is in plastic casing. Yeah. Whenever I, whenever I buy stuff there, I buy buy it and then unpackage everything and leave all the plastic there. Wow, and you leave it there. I leave it there. Yeah, protest. yeah, yeah. Wow, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Mm. That's what the song should be about. You need to galvanise <laughs> the, uh, the the sustainable community to mm. show protest mm. by unpackaging your your veggies or whatever in the supermarket and literally leaving it there Mm -mm. but if there was a a way of like a safe way of boiling home plastic down into a a pan a safe pan or something you know that didn't give off all the fumes in the house and then special gloves that you could like mold things like mold your own own hairbands out of it or like Mm. mold your own um tupperware or you know, like, we're having to take action for all the psychos of these big companies that aren't changing things. Mm. And it all it all starts with, with us, really, I think. I mean, there's a long way to go, but yeah. I do think, I mean, most recently, the whole Extinction Rebellion uh, movement has, mm. has hit home, literally, because a lot of people in this in this warehouse take part mm. in all of these, these protests. And I found it quite strange when a group of people came home and, and they were crying and they were just so emotional and they were like, look, like what we did is amazing mm. and everything and but to see that and then to see how far we've got to go it's a little bit depressing it almost feels it is quite sad i do know what you mean um i've i've got a friend who's just taken a year out of uni so he's full-time with extinction rebellion really yeah yeah interesting yeah. i like that though because i mean if there's ever a time to get involved it's now right yeah it's literally now or never it feels good. Uh-huh. It feels good. But my parents hate Extinction Rebellion. My parents are like the most conservative people on this planet. Uh-huh. And, you know, when I talk to them about it, they say, oh, but they're just bloody, you know, getting on everyone's nerves. They're nuisance. They're nuisances. That's Mum, Dad, do you think that Martin Luther King was a nu- nuisance? Yeah. It's like, well, different times, Cammy. I'm like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> at the same times, like, I'm sure Primark aren't going to go bust tomorrow because mm. protests had stop people from getting there mm-hmm. you know and more importantly it's peaceful protesting mm-hmm. i've never seen such like creativity in a protest before mm-hmm. some of the ways that they glue themselves with things or like interlock themselves yeah some serious stuff. yeah my my friend had was in like this casing um i'm not sure what it was but it was like three different materials and when the and he was there for like a 20 something hours or maybe wow. or 18 hours something like that um in the rain as well, and you know, people were coming down and like um, giving people like dry clothes and stuff who had been sat in the rain for hours. It took the police like hours and hours to drill through wow. these chains he was in. It was I love it. crazy. I love it. I, I've often wanted to go and just and get stuck in. And I think the, the biggest problem is I, I work a lot in marketing, I work with tech companies mm. and, and companies in general. And part of me doesn't want to spend this period of my life doing that cause because I just I can't afford to you know lose out on what I'm trying to focus on but there's every day I get you could do you could do a day at the weekend go down with your camera do some vlog style hey man how's it going like tell me how you're feeling today I've wanted to start vlogging ever since Uh, I mean I I just do a bit of vlogs but Mm. money 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 gets Mm. in the way of everything and I think Mm -hmm. you'll appreciate this that when all you want to do is kind of do your craft and do your art it's just like it's not enough money to give you that 
that freedom just to go off and go all in. Mm-hmm. So that's why anything voluntary at this stage of my life is, is really, really tough. Yeah. Um, so I really respect everyone that, that gets out there and, and protests because mm. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, hats off, hats yeah. off to them. Absolutely, but you've obviously <laughs> performed um, at these events. Oh yeah, so I, I was I was meant to have a gig at the last one. I bo- got booked in for a gig. I think there was like eight stages. It was next to Buckingham Palace where I was going to pl- stay at uh, play. But the day that it, it was like a week into the protest, they there was only three or four stages left. Uh, they got shut down. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them got shut down and. Um, and I, I actually couldn't make it on the day after all, sadly. But I will definitely play at one at I some point. It. I love mm. how they just pop up. They're like, there's a stage, there's another stage. Yeah. Like, the police <laughs> must be screaming, like, guys, there's a stage outside. Like, Apparently, like, the police raided one of their storerooms um, before they set, at, like, set everything up. And they, <laughs> what did they, they take away, it was something like pink, um, a fluffy, pillows or something or like bean bags and that was the only thing that they could take away from wow. this thing that and they a message went out like yeah you really damaged us by taking our pink pillows or something <laughs> the police have such a hard job because i mean let's face it the police in the uk are pretty good like they're they're good in terms of like they're not shooting us with tasers on first like flinch they kind of let the protesters protest until some point when suddenly it's like right the boys have got to go in and, and remove these people. Mm-hmm. And it can get quite scary. You mm-hmm. know, seeing them forcefully remove people's hands from being glued to things or seeing them literally, like, with massive sores, like, trying to get through yeah. people's wrists. I mean, what do we have to do in order to actually... Like, I think it's a game. It's a bit like... It how, is a bit like a game, How long can now. you last mm. before they get you out of it? I mean, what would you do? What, what, would, what would your means of protest look like? Oh... Because I've thought about this quite Oh, a go on then. What would you say? No one can, like, you know, there's, I think there's a scene in Mulan where, like, you have to, like, get up a, a post. Um, and, like, in order and everyone's to, pushing up, like, a totem. Is it a yeah, totem pole that's or something? It, that's yeah. it. And, um, and Mulan realizes this is, the, this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to, like, grab a little, like, belt here and spin it around and, like, shimmy myself up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Really good way of uh-huh. doing it. I know it's a cartoon, but she went up quick. Uh-huh. Um, I'd do that on, like, Nelson's column. Someone did climb Big Ben or something. I saw that. Free climb Big Ben. Mental. I like stuff like that. Stunts like that are really impressive. Yeah, yeah. But so what what would you do? I'd probably try and do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it's okay because actually (laughs) the the services that went to retrieve that guy. Yeah. Um, I think they were really nice to him. They they first just like gave him a harness. They're like, look, please just put this on, um, and we'll make sure that you're. You're just not going to fall. Mm. Um, and then, of course, after like many hours, he was just like, right, I'm hungry now. Let's go. <laughs> because, like, well, this is the point, right? You raise the attention. Mm. The attention's there. Mm. And people talk about it. And that's your job done. Yeah. You, know, you can't possibly just sit there for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Waiting for it to go. There was one on the tube. You saw the uh, the protesters stood on top of a tube carriage train. Was that when people glued themselves to the top uh, of the tube? So you had the old man that glued himself to the... Oh, the plane, uh, wasn't was, it? There was the plane. As well. There was the Paralympian who um, got on top of Who is blind. Blind, bloody blind. I know. How amazing is that? To be fair, that must have been quite I, I watched his video and he was like... Um, I'm pretty scared, I'm pretty high, and uh, I think there's people going to come and remove me now. <laughs> but they, they, even the people that are removing them are kind of nice people, yeah. except for the mob, the crowd. And I saw one video of on top of a tube carriage, there mm. was two signature protesters, 
on top of a tube carriage and hundreds of people just shouting at them, fuck off, get down here, down here, to the point where one guy jumps up, grabs the guy's leg and yanks him down and the whole crowd just start beating him up. Oh my God. And I was like, wow. Oh, hang on. This was when people were trying to get to work though. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I... <clears throat> I think that they, they went, I think then they know that as well, that they, that wasn't the best stunt to pull. And that's when the papers jumped on them doing something wrong and they were like, okay, now we can make them look really bad yes, and tell yes. the nation back at home that you shouldn't be a part of Extinction Rebellion. But, you know, we all make mistakes sometimes and yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's really well organised and I think, um, you know, you learn from your mistakes, don't you? So. Well, I mean, look, this is the point, is that inevitably, when you have so many people in this organisation, there's mm. going to be many people that just want to go off and do their own thing, mm. you know, do it their way. And so I, I mean, I have been to an Extinction Rebellion boot camp, I think that's what we call it, where, like, um, it was a park where they got everyone pre-protest um, to learn about how to get arrested properly, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this. And so it was actually really insightful to see them educate their their Fans, that's supporters. really beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. Free food. Uh huh. Amazing. I'm like, I'm like, I, I think <laughs> you went for the food, can't well, you? <laughs> actually, just walking through the park. Okay. Uh huh. Like, when we saw it happen, we're like, oh, let's go grab some food and sit down and listen to them. Yes, mm. They were very well organised, but that's... inevitably, there's always going to be issues where people come in and start doing their own thing, and that of course causes problems. Now, mm -hmm. the one thing I am concerned about is in the same way that in the 60s, 70s, when um, Greenpeace were protesting the nuclear, um, I mean, I don't even know exactly what they're protesting, but it turns out that one of the major supporters of Greenpeace mm. was the fossil fuel industry, because the longer that they could prolong the change to nuclear, mm. the more the coal companies, the oil companies would be able to be on top. Mm. So at, eventually, these, these movements do get infiltrated by, you know, the wrong type of people. And, yeah. But I don't know how Extinction Rebellion are gonna actually remove that narrative because unlike back then where information wasn't spread fast today institutional rebellion are loved they're loved and even though my parents and that you know baby boomer generation might not mm. love them i think most people are like well we get it mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. i don't think they'll have as big a problem but the newspapers will always try and drag something out but they're losing their control the newspapers are losing their control every single day mm -hmm. and I love it mm -hmm. I think it's amazing yeah, I go home yeah, yeah. and there's always a Daily Mail sat there and I always read it and I always think shit I'm like how are you printing this stuff yeah yeah like, yeah this is, it's so fascist I can't remember the last time I looked at a newspaper oh, I don't terrible. think I've ever read a newspaper you've never read a newspaper no I, I might have like my mum or dad might have been like oh look we saw this here read this bit but it's unbelievable but mm. even the progressive people that that kind of we want to, to see make these changes. Mm. You see them online and we kind of understand what they stand for. When you read them in the Daily Mail, they completely make up a different narrative. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. narrative has then gone and regurgitated for all the older people who read these newspapers who mm. then have this completely wrong view of the society yeah. we live in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really sad, it's really sad. But the one thing I love is that every revolution has been sparked by the creative and the uh, the people that need that progress. So, mm -hmm. you know, music has always been a fantastic way of doing it. Paintings, you know, back in the early days, paintings would pick, you know, would tell the, the nation kind of how we're all doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have a very big role to serve in all of oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, do you ever consider, you know, how you can make a bigger impact? Um, 
through like the stunt thing I think as well like because the more attention you can get from something the more you can get people to listen to something Mm -hmm. so what you were saying about the stunt thing with uh, Extinction Rebellion you know might do something like that for my music and then yeah, yeah, I don't know, raise some ears and raise some ears. Raise some but ears. ultimately money is the biggest uh, resource that you can possibly bring. And I think this is the this is the forever gonna be the battle with people who are wanting to change the world is money. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. the reason why liberals always lose is because they are just simply not as well financed as the conservatives. Well I think Greta is doing an incredible Greta. job, She's you know. Amazing. You know, she's like, and you know, that powerful speech, I mean, every speech she does is powerful. But there was one, um, especially when she was like, I should be at school right now, but I'm having to be in front of like all you grown ups and having to tell you, you know. It's genius. I know, it's just really moving. The argument that the right would have for someone like Greta is that A, why isn't she in school? But B, there's lots of other people doing amazing things for climate change, and Mm -hmm. yet decide to make this girl who doesn't have any qualifications blah, blah, blah. but that's not the point that's not the point it's, no. not, is it? it's the attention that mm-hmm. uh, this little girl has got yeah that allows everyone to kind of start mm. coming around a little bit yeah. but yeah the moment i heard you know older people bitching about a little girl yeah i know it's like get over yourself come on <laughs> i was like well there you go you're already a lost cause like you're bitching about a little girl for christ's sake mm-hmm. yeah. but but it, i love it you know and i think that the world is going to look much much different in 20 Years time, I so. hope so. Yeah, yeah Either that so. or it, it will be gone. <laughs> I don't think it will be gone. I think humanity is always going to have its, its opportunity. I, I mean, mm. I guess I look more to the stars for our future. I think that going to Mars is probably uh, on the cards, mm-hmm. maybe in our lifetime. Um, Mars? Yeah. Mars is pretty hot, though. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I don't actually know if this is possible. Uh, yeah, but, um, I don't. I don't know if, if Mars is as inhabitable. What's after? What's that? What is an, What is our solar system? So we've got the Sun. Oh God! <laughs> Start with the Sun. Uh, there's a song to this. I'll oh, go on, please, because I don't. I don't, remember I don't know a song. I got kicked out of science. Oh, did you? Good. I was naughty, but mm. either way, I believe we're somewhere two or three planets back. And oh yeah, we're third, I think. We're third. I'm pretty sure we're third. Mars is like back one. No, I think Mars is closer because Mars is really hot. So why are we going to Mars? That's what I'm saying, bro. Shit, Mars isn't going to work out it's for us. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> because that's the other problem, right? Is that we might all just like die because we go into the sun. I think people were saying that the moon might be more likely than other places. Ooh, Maybe. That'd be interesting. Like chambers on the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah I can see that. What do they find in the moon? I read this thing a while ago. <laughs> yeah, a guy on the moon somewhere just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm out of my depth here. I feel like the people that would know are like Elon Musk. Do you want to give him a call? Oh, yeah. I mean, me and Elon are <laughs> friends. But it's interesting because I always look at like the billionaires in the world and I always look at what they're investing in and what they're doing as like a way of gauging where mm. we're going. And in a weird way, I feel it's a little bit sad to see all these billionaires just like wanting to leave the earth. It's like, oh God, that is, that's their way of coping with the sustainability issue. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not. They do amazing things as well. You know, I know that so Elon Musk got SpaceX. SpaceX actually deliver all of the resources to the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. So NASA don't even do that shit anymore. Like SpaceX, Elon's mm-hmm. own company is like, oh, 
you want. You want to bring a Christmas card to your friend up in there? Fine, I'll do that. Mm. So I believe they'll be one of the first people. We also have Richard Branson's um, Virgin, Virgin Galactic, which is going to be the first consumer um, company where you can actually... Trip around the moon, yeah, is well, it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, and you can go and have a little bit of space travel. And then the real secret one is called Blue Origin. And Blue Origin belongs to Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon himself. Ooh. And he's been funding this out of his own money. Mm. And they've basically had twice the amount of successful missions than SpaceX, but no one's heard of them. And this is the point. What the rumor I heard mm. was that Mr. Bezos was looking to put up 48 satellites that would connect the entire world. Because right now, there's, you know, what we all use actually to like get our communications are lots of different people satellites who put mm -hmm. them up over the years. Mm -hmm. But if you control the entire network of satellites around the world, suddenly you have the ability to give everyone free Wi-Fi, free like calls, free everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, keep an eye on Blue Origin. It's Blue Origin. Don't know anything about this. I need sound, to look it into lovely, this. Doesn't it? it sounds so lovely. It like, sounds futuristic, doesn't it? Very futuristic. Mm. But that's what you do. I mean if you're I think he's worth somewhere in the region of a hundred and something billion mm. dollars. That's so much money that, that like, if you want to go to space, see, see you ya. later. See <laughs> you later. Yeah, and I don't think we've got a, a seat on there unless you can reserve a seat. Mm. I don't know. I want to be cryogenically frozen. Like, I think that Disney had the right idea. Like, Mr. Walt Disney is, is frozen somewhere. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because one day, if you can bring these people back, Disney's going to be back again. I wonder Whoa. why he was made from his company. Now. But I had no idea he was frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Believe and of course you have to be able to pay in advance yeah. for every year that you're frozen how do you know how much though i don't know but look he he might have died like i don't know a, mo a mega millionaire um which would have been the equivalent of a billionaire back then so mm. damn inflation <laughs> god damn it yeah. <laughs> maybe like one day they're like mr disney we have to switch off your uh, your freezer today because <laughs> it's the year 2050 and well, the money, money doesn't exist then. anymore. <laughs> it wasn't enough back then, so uh, flick, you know, that's mm. it. Disney's dead forever. But anyway, I mean, this is the point, is that as artists, we get to kind of, we get to immortalise ourselves in our work. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Do you ever think about that? I've thought a lot about immortality recently, actually, because I um, had a friend that died a couple of weeks ago and um, lost a few other people and... Uh, it's made me realise that, you know, I'm not, like, a kid anymore. Um, and I like to zoom out of, like, like so, yeah, yeah. So, like, zoom out to the moon, zoom out to the galaxies, zoom out to all the other billion galaxies and, like, really question what I'm doing with my time, how I'm doing it and just weighing it up to try and enjoy it. You know what you were saying about having to manage all your online stuff and then you know it just becomes all like really hectic Manic, yeah yeah you know you can just that. do things like when you when you feel like it mm. do you have any timeline like do you have any kind of like goals that you kind of set for yourself whether it's weekly monthly yearly um yeah i mean if i want to write if i need to write a, a new song or a good song i'll wake up and be like i'm gonna write the best song today and and i'll do it wow. <laughs> um sometimes i won't sometimes i do uh, i want to be on tour like by the end of next year or the year after 
probably put an album out and stuff. I don't know if I'll be in music forever, like I, because I was in fashion before and circus yeah, so before then. Because, and you know, scrolling through your Instagram, I mean, you've done a huge amount of fashion and modeling and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So has that come into play when it comes down to your music? Oh yeah, for sure. Like when I stopped, I will get back into it again, I promise. <laughs> but when I stopped um, circus hula hooping, um, it was in a, a yeah yeah that was like my thing for five years i was just obsessed with circus and wow, yeah 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 what um so i was like in the party scene when i when i was younger and um and i remember being at a festival and just watching someone hula hooping and i was just like just absolutely mesmerized and i just couldn't take my eyes off her so i had a chat and um, i said could you teach me something and she taught me like a trick and i picked it up really quickly and i brought like a couple of hoops went up to four hoops and just carried on going and just got better and better every day and next time next, next time absolutely. we can do hooping um but that taught me uh how to focus it taught me um uh, dedication and and commitment to something whereas i've been brought up in a very free household and there hasn't really there hasn't been my mom grounded me once and forgot about it you know oh. so <laughs> I've had a very like um, free upbringing, and um, and yeah, it got to a point where I was talking to my mum on the phone, and she was like, "You know, Gabby, uh, what are you what are you doing now? Like, are you still going to do your music, or are you heading down this route and making things?" Like, I was like, "Yeah, okay, you're right. If I want to be really good at something, I have to focus on one thing." And I thought, "Okay, you only live once. Let's just try it. Let's give this a go." So I thought I'd give my music a shot. There you mm. go. Mm. And so this is the point is that you're very fashionable, you've, you've got a lot of creativity in you. Is this now part of your your brand essentially? Are you are you really kind of like and yeah, do you wanna one stage kind of make clothes and I mean do you like think about that right now? Uh, dude, this? yeah, I mean like there's uh I've I studied fashion and there's collections that I wanna finish that I haven't finished yet and I've made a promise to myself that I will finish them at some point. Um, so yeah, it's just finding the time for these things, um, for branding and stuff. I mean, even talking about marketing and products and things like that, even though I talk about it, everything I do, I just do what I feel and I do what I, is my instinct and I do what I love to do. You know, I, I wear what I want to wear cause I like it and that's become my branding. Mm. I write what I like to write and that's become my product. You know, it's like... Okay. It's being true to yourself is very important. Right? Mm. I mean, and I think being true to yourself is even harder in today's day and age because people are so conscious about putting out shit. Mm. And I, I always think, I never, I'm never, con yeah, I tell a lie, I'm, I've never put out a single piece of my work work, like uh, commercial work online. Why? I don't know. You want to make it better, you can keep making it better and improving yeah, it. And I don't mind putting out vlogs and things that I just kind of rough together. And when are you going to put something out? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, we collaborated on the Dreamers trailer. Oh, my God. I saw an edit earlier. I was so Yeah, excited. I mean, that was a very, very rough start. And really just to kind of give... I love working with you, by the way. Yeah. That was I, a really good phone. so much fun. It's so, it's so calm. So calm on set. Um, Nina Rabessa, the wonderful creative, is, is doing the uh, web series Dreamers 
we obviously collaborated on the Kickstarter trailer, so we've got a bit of a trailer that we're going to put together. Mm -hmm. And it was a party scene, right? Yeah. We were just having a, a party. Uh, your character was... Um, trampoline girl. Tramp yeah, trampoline <laughs> girl. From now on, trampoline girl. Um, but yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I love being behind the camera and directing. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately where I want to be is a director. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hard because ultimately I don't really care about my online followers yeah yeah i don't want to tell you i mean no. i mean good for you yes yeah at home right now I, I hope you i hope you care about your friends and your family yeah um but like i don't believe that the masses have anything that that can offer me in mm. order for me to right now kind of grow and, and be better i don't know it's so like i i was trying uh, i still obviously try hard at what i do in life but i've Stop giving a shit as much as I used I like to. It. Like I, re I read the subtle art of not giving a fuck, <laughs> and and now I I don't really good care book. about. Yeah, really good book. Yeah, I've yeah. not read it yet. Oh, I think you I've never given a fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> One of them anyway. Yeah. yeah. What else are you reading right now? Um, the the book you actually said to oh. read. Um. <laughs> the soul, the one about Nike, the dude and Nike guy. Oh, yeah, Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog, yeah. Shoe Dog. Yeah. I'm so glad that people actually... Uh, yeah. Quite a lot of people um, watch these little book recommendations mm. and they they actually uh, go and read it. Oh, so. you're so enthusiastic about it. And and you, I, I, have you touched a bit on your story about that? About how you, you never read for years. It's become a recent thing, that, yeah. the audible thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and this is why you're so passionate and excited about it. It's like a kid finding... I mean, the reality is I've actually been listening since I was really, really young. Since, oh, really? Uh, yeah, since I could download audiobooks of LimeWire. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah. So LimeWire. That's yeah, <laughs> so old school. Um, but it's, it's interesting because audiobooks have only really taken off with the smartphone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So they've become more and more accessible. And I've just always listened to audiobooks. So oh, okay. So you've always listened but never read. Listened, never read. Uh -huh. um, but I, I think it's amazing because I don't know why I started that little series. Someone actually... Um, didn't turn up one of my guests for Cam Talks once, so I just sat here and um, got all the books that I could find, yeah. and I just actually sat there for like an hour doing reviews about them, um, and they've been really well received. A lot of people really enjoy listening to my review about yeah. them. Some of the authors have got in touch, saying thank you very much. That's for awesome. Doing it. Um, That's I'm really cool. You doing that every single Tuesday, so if you are listening to this and you like my book reviews. I'll continue doing them because I'm still learning. Mm. You know, and I always have an audiobook on the go. I'm reading one at the moment called How Not to Die. Mm. Um, and it's all about your diet and your life. Um, mm. I haven't got too far into it yet. Okay. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it because mm. I, I read audiobooks when I need to know something. So mm. if I need to know about marketing, I'll go and choose the top 10 books about marketing and I'll read all of them. Yeah. If I need to know about business, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, storytelling, um, I've read every storytelling book out there. so interesting. It's part of my thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone. Elon Musk put it the best. Mm. If you're trying to understand an industry or understand what you want to do, mm. you have to look at yourself like a tree. And every tree has the, the core tree and the branches. Mm -hmm. And the leaves are those little bits of information that, that you can pick up along the way. But without understanding what that core tree looks like and what those branches look like, yeah. i.e. the fundamentals of what everyone knows about it, you're never really building mm -hmm. a foundation to build on top of. Okay. So uh, we are trees. Be That's more tree. Definitely. Be yeah. more tree. Definitely. So I mean, look, <laughs> reading books, I think, is really, really important. Um, yeah. Listening to books, however you have to do it. You know what? Something I, I do say about having no regrets, but I do regret not um, connecting with 
audible way earlier on in life because i read my first book well cat in the hat you know when i was a kid green eggs and ham i want to write a song called green eggs and ham actually nice. um what about the hungry cat caterpillar caterpillar yeah 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 um yeah i was really scared of books so i i i, I didn't read and i just turned to everything practical and just taught myself basically everything that i do and i know now really amazing mm. i think and the next level to all this is podcasting because obviously we're doing this podcast now mm. i don't expect you know everyone to find this interesting in fact only people who are like you mm. who i really want to be able to listen to this mm. um but that's the point is that we've now got the ability to create more content in a very niche format so yeah it's interesting the podcasts in business as loads the podcasts in uh you know storytelling is a lot mm. but you go into the science space and there's like literally six podcasts. It's it's so strange to see how different subcultures are not being served in the same way. Mm. That like I mean, a lot of business podcasts exist because that makes money. Yeah. Um, whereas not a lot of science podcasts exist because. And actually, someone said to me, scientists don't listen to podcasts, and I was like, ha! I was like, that is wrong. Because if they if they had mm. that information that they could listen to, they would. I was listening to a really good science podcast a while ago. It was on my old phone. I, I need to find the name and stuff, but I'll send you a link to it. It's really yeah, good. I would absolutely love to. Mm. And this is the point. It's like, if, you know, science, I'm sure there's a lot of science ones, but it's about, like, chemistry mm. or, like, you know, biology or whatever. It's like, the more niche we can make our podcasting, mm. the more value we can bring to more specific groups of people. It's marketing. Isn't it? It's 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 staying on one subject. So, yeah, and it's I the mean, same with music, staying on one genre for I an artist. Like it's like audiobooks is that even though they get specific about maybe the problem I have is my marketing, my business, they don't get relatable enough to someone who is in their twenties trying to run multiple businesses and wanting to be a filmmaker. Like, and so therefore, I have to ask myself: Will there be a group of like-minded people out there that have a podcast that I would love mm. and if so their only mission now is to get me to find out about them and I think that will be the case for everyone I mean this is this is why we live in a world where everything's accessible but the way the route to market is so much further I think you should do a live one a live podcast yeah we did a like me and Nina went and did live podcasts well, like, I, I mean more like inviting a crowd inviting. so okay so this in is your it. living so room or something me and Nina we, we were on this right okay <laughs> on the same we went thing. to a co-working space yeah. did a live podcast nice um, talking about podcasting the benefits mm. one person showed up where where was this <laughs> it was called like Huckle Tree or some like co-working space where like it was like lunch and learn and, and it like, was your thing that you, you yeah, two did yeah, so we did it together we sat there on stage and um, was just one person where did so, you go wrong I mean we didn't market the event ourselves so mm. we kind of thought the co-working space were going to at least do a little bit more but what work. a great thing for people to go and do on their lunch breaks yeah yeah. You know, there must be so many business buildings around there where you can hand out loads of flyers. Yes. First yes. person, just go in there, just with you two. Like, maybe, like, go in at a lunchtime when people be at their desks eating. That's it. And just go face-to-face, -face giving it. people flyers. Well, look, we're doing uh, about three more events, uh, mm. live podcasts, in the next three weeks. So um, mm. we're going to step up the market for that. Yeah. But it's been really fun as well. I'll come to work. Next Tuesday, 1 o'clock, 
in our office in WeWork. Um, we'd love to have you there, Gary, cool. obviously, because, you know, ultimately, I don't think people really understand the value in video podcasts. Because mm-hmm. podcasts traditionally are just audio, so sharing them on things like Instagram is quite tough. Mm-hmm. But all these little video clips that I post, people watch them, people comment on them, people yeah. like to get in touch. So adding this simple video element to it is, honestly, I think it's going to be massive. Mm. It is going to be massive. Yeah, I love the nice. fact that, like, you know, you understand video because of your, your background in kind of fashion and visual stuff. And a lot of people don't think they can do it. And it's like, oh, just... Just do it, you know. Do it because it's easy. And Mm. they teach reading and writing in schools. Mm -hmm. Why don't they teach video production? Mm -hmm. You know, I find it unbelievable that we've all got cameras, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to use them. Mm -hmm. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's. I. I just think that teaching should be re re evaluated in school completely. Like, you know. Where did you go to school? I went to quite a lot of schools, uh, but secondary school... Ooh, tell us about your, your school talk. Uh, my schooling. Um, so I went to one reception school in Colchester, and then I went to Wivenhoe School, and then we moved to Hemel Hempstead, and I went to a school there, and then we moved back to Colchester, and I went to a primary school, and then... that What was that primary school called? Lexton Primary School, and it had, like a deaf unit for signing. So we learned how to sign in school as well, which was really cool, really cool. And then secondary school was just Philip Mance, so about six schools. What's so good about Colchester? Jesus, you kept going back there. Oh God, Colchester. <laughs> it's the oldest recorded town in Britain. Okay. Very exciting. Um, and yeah, I don't know, my mum and dad just lived there. So I lived there. That's it. That's yeah. It. That was the and now you live in London. How long have you lived in London for? Six years now. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. And how have you found it? Mental. Mental. Yeah, absolute roller coaster. It's been exciting. It's been sk- really scary at times. Um, been thrilling. I've learned so much. I've become a woman, I think. I like to think so. I like that. I've become a woman. I like that. I've been here for a year and a half. Half now. Yeah, where from? Uh, so I was in Manchester for eight years. Oh yeah, um, so you were having New Year's there, wasn't it? Yeah, like? yeah, exactly. Um, and this, uh, we don't know what we're doing for New Year's. Yeah, okay. but <laughs> the point is that over the year and a half, I have manned up. Man up. Because you kind of got to, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's no choice. There, you got to make your money. Mm. I think for the first like year or so, I was living in Richmond. Um, I was paying like twelve hundred pound a month. Ouch. Yeah, so I was really having to work hard just to even afford to, to live. Yeah. Um, and then when I decided to leave my old business, I relocated to this warehouse. Mm. You know, where now me and Nina... It's a great space, love it here. I love it here. Mm. Yeah, I live with 20 people, so I really get the community effect. But it's a re- I've been to a lot of warehouses, and this is a really special one. Thanks, mm. I really appreciate it. I, I love the fact that I can just walk down the halls and have conversations with 20 people mm. about everything. It's inspiring. Eh? It's so mm. inspiring. I don't think communal living is really appreciated mm. um, because I think a lot of people perhaps go to uni and they think of halls as this like, you know, piss up zone or whatever. Everyone in these warehouse communities mm. are slightly older. They're doing stuff. And if I need people to come and help be extras in my film, mm. I just go knock on people's doors. Mm. If I need people's critical feedback on my walk, I knock on people's doors. Yeah. You know, and that's the point here is that I think, I mean, there's 17 warehouses that are all attached mm. to this one. Yeah. All with 20 people. It's about 300 people mm. mostly in the creative space but also a lot of technical we've got a lot of met a lot of business people of so many people so i don't know how long we're going to be in this warehouse it sucks we don't have windows 
That's the only thing yeah. that sucks about this particular warehouse. I mean, it's kind of good for your filming, though. Like, here, like, now. It's not good for your lungs, though. Like, you know, and I think... Spider plants. What is that? Plant. Is that a spider plant? This that looks Bruce. like a... Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> oh! Bruce has not seen sunlight since I got him. It, uh... <laughs> There's a bit of Bruce right there. Oh, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, I'm so sorry. Brucey. This is a present. Oh, the, thank uh, you so this much. This is, uh, shit. Um, this is shit. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Plants don't survive well in in rooms without windows. What's the um say. what's the type of lighting you can get for plants to survive? Uh, UV lights? No. I don't know. Gas behind you. But you should get one. Plant. Like that's what I want in this room. Cherry blossom. Yeah, I think it yeah. suits you perfectly. But who knows? I mean, ever since Nina moved in, we've had uh, a little bit more stuff. I said a little, a lot more stuff. <laughs> like, I honestly had nothing. Like. People were literally, when I moved in, were like, Cameron, this is all you've got. Uh -huh. And I literally have now done inside. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's got nice furniture. She's got good taste. Yeah, she's got good taste mm. and she's got clothes. I mean, God, clothes drive me nuts. The only <laughs> thing that's funny is that all, I always change like, like my T-shirt when I'm doing it for podcasts. Mm -hmm. I don't have that many T-shirts. So I'm like, <laughs> shit, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to buy more clothes. But I actually went through a period when I moved from Richmond and I reduced all of my stuff mm. by 90%. Ooh, that's something I'm looking at doing at the moment because I found out today that I might that I'm gonna have to move, maybe back home, and I, my ego is just like, no, don't do it. I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of um, de de degressing. I'm, I'm trying not to go back home. Warehouses. But so I'm gonna cut down a lot of everything I have, and just like have a backpack and my amp and guitar and laptop, maybe okay. just couch surf. Yeah. Can I crash on your couch? Of course you can. Thanks. It's a tiny, <laughs> tiny sofa. Nice. Uh, but no, but this is the point, right? Is that there's a community in London that wants you here. Yeah. You know, that needs you here. And so don't don't. Really um, I mean, you know, like home isn't too far, really. It's called, well, uh, an hour away. Really. Hour away. It's not too far. Yeah, but you've got to be in the city. I know, right? I, w I want to be amongst it, the vibe yeah, and definitely, everything. Definitely. Well, look, what's, uh, what's the best way that our lovely listeners can get in touch with you or listen to your music? Give us your little plug. Um, so I'm on all streaming platforms, um, especially Spotify. And uh, got videos out on YouTube. And Instagram is Gabriella Eva Sands. Gabriella with one L. Gabs, give us uh, give us something to close the show on. Uh, give us, you know, what do you stand for? What do I stand for? Um, saving the planet at the moment. I love it. Okay. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Gabriella Eva, thank you ever so much for coming on Cam Talks. Wow, thanks for Woo! having me. <laughs>